ಅಖಂಡಂ ಸಚ್ಚಿದಂದಂ ಅವಾಂಗಮನಸಗೋಚರ ಆತ್ಮಖಿಲಾಧಾರಂ ಆಶ್ರಯೀಷ್ಟಸಿದ್ಧೈ ಐ ಟೇಕ್ ರೆಫ್ಯೂಜ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ದಿ ಇಂಡಿವಿಸಿಬಲ್ ದ ಎಕ್ಸಿಸ್ಟೆನ್ಸ್ ಕಾನ್ಶಿಯಸ್ನೆಸ್ ಬ್ಲಿಸ್ ಅಬ್ಸಲ್ಯೂಟ್ ಬಿಯಾಂಡ್ ದ ರೀಚ್ ಆಫ್ ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಥಾಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದ ಸಬ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೇಟಮ್ ಆಫ್ ಆಲ್ ಫಾರ್ ದ ಅಟೈನ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಮೈ ಚೆರಿಷ್ಡ್ ಡಿಸೈರ್ so we are on text number 151 we have done up to 150 i think last time so what's going on we are analyzing the statement that thou art tatvamasi why are we doing that because it's uh, it's the heart of advaita vedanta all of advaita vedanta uh, can be expressed as the teaching that thou art these mahavakyas these great sentences they summarize the entire teaching of advaita vedanta uh, the claim is that all the upanishads bhagavad gita brahma sutra and all the texts in advaita vedanta they culminate in this final this central teaching that you are the absolute reality and so sentences like that thou art tatvamasi uh, which is most well known which we are doing right now or the same meaning is conveyed by aham brahmasmi i am brahman or um by i am atma brahma this very self is brahman pragyanam brahma consciousness is brahman It all means the same thing now that thou art this is a sentence which is uh, from the chandogya upanishad samaveda where the father tells the son that you are that ultimate reality there is a uh, there is a reality uh, existence sat from which the entire universe has emerged and that is one without a second ekameva dvitiyam and you are that reality now what is the meaning of this sentence tatvamasi you might say that but didn't you just say so tell us the meaning that thou art you are that reality it's not that simple and as we shall uh, proceed we shall see why it is not that simple um what are the technical difficulties involved in it so a clear understanding of this sentence is the crux of understanding advaita vedanta when we study advaita vedanta finally we'll say that uh, we know what it means when it's you mean when you say that thou art that's what we are studying now the last time we saw that this sentence to understand this we have to put it through three processes here it's called three relationships so the sentence itself that thou art three processes it has to undergo to give up its final meaning to give its clear meaning the three processes are samanadhikaranyam visheshana visheshya bhava and lakshya lakshana bhava or lakshya lakshana sambandha um we saw in text number 150 ಸಾಮಧಿಕರಣ್ಯಂ ಚೇಷಣವಿಶೇಷ್ಯಕ್ಷಣಸಂಬಂಧ ಪದಾರ್ಥ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಗಾತ್ಮನಾಟ್ ಆರ್ ದೀಸ್ ತ್ರೀ ಪ್ರೋಸೆಸಸ್ ಆರ್ ದೀಸ್ ದೀಸ್ ತ್ರೀ ರಿಲೇಷನ್ಶಿಪ್ಸ್ ಸೊ ವಾಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾಪನ್ಸ್ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಟು ಸಮರೈಸ್ ವಾಟ್ ವಿ ಡಿಡ್ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ 
and then put it through these three steps. Go through these three steps to understand the final meaning of the sentence. The first is um, samanavikaranyam. The first we, we must we must find out if all the words. And this is a relationship between the words in the sentence uh, and uh, this relationship between the words of the sentence. Padayoho uh, samanavikaranyam. That means that all the words in the sentence refer to the same thing or do they refer to different things? If you ultimately are going to talk about a non-dual reality, you are Brahman, then ultimately we are talking about one reality. So do the, all the words in the sentence refer to one thing or do they refer to many things? Most sentences have words which refer to many things, but some sentences have words which refer to, may have many words, all sentences have many words, but sometimes all those many words refer to one thing. And this, all the words in a sentence referring to a single locus, Sanskrit adhikaran, adhikaran means locus. Uh, this is called saman adhikaranyam, the same locus. All the words are related to each other because they all point to the same, same reality, same locus. We used an example, um, um, nilotpalam, blue lotus, so that when you say blue lotus, the word lotus and the word blue both refer to that same flower. Blue lotus refers to that same blue flower and lotus refers to that same blue flower. Blue and lotus both refer to the same object. So uh, this is called samanadikaranyam. The, um, so that's, that's the first thing to do. To, to. Then we go to the second step, visheshana visheshyata, which is the adjectival relationship. Um, so we, uh, this is a relationship between the word, uh, between the, the meanings of the, uh, of the words. So when you say blue and lotus, blue and lotus are two words. In the first step, we have found out that both words, they refer to the same entity, same object. But now individually, each of the words means something. Blue means a particular color. And lotus means a particular flower. So what is the relationship between the lotus and the color, with flower and the color? I'll repeat. The words have meanings, means they, they, they point to or they refer to certain objects. What's the relationship between those objects? First step was samanadikaranam. What is the relationship between the words? The second step is, what is the relationship between the objects referred to by the words? So. Padartha, visheshana visheshyata. That means when you say blue lotus, blue is a word which means the color blue, the color itself. Lotus is a word which means that flower, lotus. Now, what is the relationship between that color and the flower? So the color is a property of that flower. That's the relationship. It's a blue flower, a blue lotus. The color, so they are related to each other by what, what kind of relationship? Visheshana Visheshyata, adjective and noun, property and property holder, a substance and a quality. Let's put it this way, substance and property or substance and quality. What is the substance? Flower. What is the quality? Color. Color is in that flower. What, what color? It's a blue color and the, and the substance is a flower. So it's a blue lotus. And then at this point, the thing becomes clear. What you're talking about when you say blue lotus, that thing is clear. But always it, it cannot, it may, need not be so clear. We need to have one more step. 
So why do you need one more step to find out the meaning of the sentence? Um, and so if this is a blue lotus, the meaning is very clear now. Uh, so to, to analyze this, the sentence, this is a blue lotus, you need only two steps. First step is this, a blue lotus. We have found out they all refer to the same thing. So samanadikaranyam. Then to find out the final meaning of the sentence, we find that blue and lotus, they are related to each other by um, the substance and uh, quality relationship or property and property holder relationship, adjective and noun relationship. And that's it. That's the meaning of the sentence. But suppose there are some other sentences. For example, so I am Devadatta. This is the sentence they will use as an example. Um, why will you use different examples? Because we must find out the example which fits our um, case. Our case is Tattvamasi, that thou art. Don't forget, all of this we are trying to understand that thou art. We are not interested in blue lotuses. We are not interested in the gentleman called Devadatta. No, those are just our examples. So another example is this is that Devadatta. This is that Devadatta. Um, what do I mean by that? So this Devadatta is just some person. The Devadatta I saw, uh, that Devadatta whom I saw uh, at that time 30 years ago, and is this Devadatta whom I'm seeing now. So 30 years ago and now. This is that Devadatta whom I saw in Mumbai. Is this Devadatta whom I'm seeing in Manhattan? So Mumbai and Manhattan. Uh, that Devadatta who was young. This Devadatta who is elderly. So young and elderly. So the, all these qualities are there. Now, we are referring to the same person. We understand what is meant. But when you come to Visheshana Visheshya Bhava, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. Uh, if you say, uh, you know, why it doesn't fit? If you say something like large blue lotus or beautiful blue lotus, large, beautiful, fragrant blue lotus, the meaning is pretty easily understood because large, a flower can be large and it can be blue and it can be beautiful, it can be fragrant. All those properties do not contradict. Uh, you can get the meaning of the sentence very easily. But if you put all the meanings of Devadatta together in a sentence, past Devadatta, present Devadatta. So what will it be? This is this past, present Devadatta. How is that possible? Um, young Devadatta and old Devadatta. What will it mean? This is the young and old Devadatta. Uh, the... Um, you know, Mumbai Devadatta and uh, Manhattan Devadatta. Who is, so what are you talking about? We are talking about Mumbai and Manhattan Devadatta. It's not possible. These are contradictory uh, qualities. You can't have all those qualities at the same time for the same person. Different times for the same person, possible. Um, or uh, same time for different persons, possible. But contradictory qualities cannot be affirmed of the same locus at the same time. So what you do is, you take a third step to understand the meaning of this is that Devadatta. The third step will be Lakshya Lakshana Bhava, implied meaning. What is implied meaning? You leave out all the contrary qualities. You just drop them and you take the person. Um, we are not interested in whether the person is elderly or young. Uh, we are not interested in whether the person is in Mumbai or Manhattan. We are just saying that I recognize this person. That's the meaning of a sentence. We automatically do it. See, these steps are not um, something very sophisticated, something very abstract. 
speculative. This is something we use all the time. If somebody tells you, this is that Devadatta. The one I saw in Mumbai, I'm seeing in Manhattan. The one who was young is now old. The one who was, uh, uh, you know, uh, skinny is now fat. Uh, so we, we don't become confused. We don't ask, how can uh, the past and the present be the same? How can Mumbai and Manhattan be the same? How can skinny and fat be the same? We understand immediately that what is being referred to is not skinny and fat, it's not young and old, it's not uh, Mumbai or Manhattan. We are it's referring to the same person. That's just the person is being referred to without any reference to the qualities. So we are indicating the same person. We are dropping the qualities. The implied meaning is that this is the same person. So do we, we do that, right? We, in normal conversation, we often do this. Um, somebody takes, you say, the Ganga, the river Ganga. You know what it means. It means the river flowing from the glacier Gangotri in the Himalayan mountains to the Bay of Bengal. So, so many thousands of kilometers it flows. And then if you say, I took a bath in the river Ganga. Did you take a bath from the glacier to till the Bay of Bengal? No. Here you are using the word Ganga in an implied sense. You imply that in one spot of the Ganga, in one particular place, I took a dip in the water. And everybody understands. So you are taking an implied meaning. Similarly, a third step has to be taken when you are analyzing a sentence like, this is that Devadatta. What was the first step? you would have to say that this, that, Devadatta, they all mean this and that, they mean the same Devadatta. The second step would be that this qualifies. Devadatta is qualified by this and that. And third step would be the qualifying attributes are dropped. You mean the person only. That would be Lakshya Lakshana Bhava. By these three steps, you come to the understanding of the meaning of the sentence, this is that Devadatta. Um, why such an example was taken will become clear now when we take up, a, take up the example of, we'll take up the sentence that thou art, tattvamasi. So we will try to understand that thou art. Um, by the way, before we go into it, you have to keep in mind the background of whatever we have read. What is that and what is thou? That thou art, tattvamasi. What is that and what is thou? Very clear, precise definitions have been given. That means God. And thou means the individual being, you. That is Saguna Brahman. Um, maya Upahita Chaitanyam. Consciousness uh, limited by Maya. And thou means Ajnana Upahita Chaitanyam. The individual jiva. The consciousness limited by Ajnana or Avidya. Uh, ignore, individual ignorance, plus its associated uh, uh, subtle body and physical body and all that. So that means consciousness limited by maya. Tao means conscious, the same consciousness limited by the individual ego, uh, the individual um, uh, ignorance and all the other associated upadhis. So this is the meaning of that and Tao. Where did we get these meanings? That's what we all studied um, from for the last few months. You know, when we started with Adhyaropa Pavada, Vastu Satchidananda Madhvayam Brahma, Agyanadi Sakala Jarasamuha Vastu. The reality is the non-dual existence consciousness bliss. Everything else, starting from Maya downwards, is an appearance, is not an ultimate reality. So we started from there. What did we do all that for? As far as our 
that thou art, the sentence is concerned, Tattvamasi, the benefit from all of that was, we now have a precise meaning of that, precise meaning of thou, precise meaning of Tat, precise meaning of Tvam. Um, so there's a question. Why does Tat mean Saguna Brahman, Nirguna Brahman? Not Nirguna Brahman. Why? Well, for I can give you a couple of reasons right now. One is that, um, of course, you have to look at the um, context. Where does this sentence come from? This sentence, Tattvamasi, you must look at it in context. Where does it come from? It comes from the Chandogya Upanishad. The Chandogya Upanishad, the teacher is telling, a father is telling the son, um, that refers to that Sat, Tat Sat. Um, the sentence is, before the universe was manifested, it was one existence without a second, one without a second. From that, from that alone, this entire universe has come. And how the universe has come, it was, it's all being described there. Now, for our purposes, if the universe is coming from that reality, what did we read in uh, Vedanta Sar till now? From where does this universe come? According to Vedanta Sar, it comes from Maya Upahita Chaitanyam. Consciousness associated with Maya. Saguna Brahman. Who is Saguna Brahman? The creator, preserver and destroyer of the universe. It's the creator god of religion. Therefore, Tat refers to Saguna Brahman and not Nirguna Brahman. Because Tat is used in the sense of Sat in Chandogya Upanishad. Initially, it is referred uh, in the sense of the creator, the, the source of this universe. From which this universe has emerged. So therefore, we are talking about Saguna Brahman. Remember, ultimately the meaning of the word Tat will be Nirguna Brahman. See, this is what the this is how the um, Mahavakya Tattvamasi functions. That thou art functions in this way. To start with, the meaning of that will be Saguna Brahman, and the meaning of thou will be you, the person. And will end up with the meaning of that will be Nirguna Brahman, and the meaning of thou will be Nirguna Brahman. Both are one and the same. It's only in that sense that Tattvamasi is correct. Tattvamasi cannot be correct in the sense of Saguna Brahman and Jiva. Saguna Brahman and Jiva are not, not the same. Just like that Devadatta and this Devadatta, there is a huge difference. Similarly, between that consciousness with Maya, Saguna Brahman, and this consciousness with the individual ignorance and body and mind, there is an enormous difference. The difference between the sentient being, the individual Jiva, and God. That's why when dualists, they charge non-dualists with this, this is blasphemy. You are saying that you are God. You miserable creature, how can you be God? God is omniscient. You, have, you know so little. God is all-powerful. You are so weak. God is eternal. You are subject to birth and death continuously. You are born the other day and you are going to die the next day. How can you compare yourself to God? It's blasphemous. You are not comparing. In fact, the meaning of Tattva Mesi is that that and thou are not the same in the sense of the preliminary meaning, the direct meaning of the word of that and thou. The direct meaning is Saguna Brahman for that and uh, Jiva, individual sentient being, the, the, the individual being like us for thou. The implied meaning will be both are the same. How are both the same? As Nirguna Brahman. Uh, because Saguna Brahman is ultimately nothing but Nirguna Brahman and you are also nothing but Nirguna Brahman. So those things will come later on. Now, um, this is one, one reason why that the word Tat refers to Saguna Brahman, not Nirguna Brahman. 
because this is the context of the Chandogya Upanishad, where we are taking it from. Taking it from. Another technical reason, no word can directly refer to Nirguna Brahman. Nirguna Brahman is beyond language. So if a word directly refers to something, it must refer to something within Maya, with something within this manifested with this universe. It could be the cause of the universe, which is Saguna Brahman, or the effect, the universe itself. This is the range of language. So when you say Tat, if there's a direct meaning, it will mean something which, is, which language can denote. And language can denote God. The Saguna Brahman can be denoted by language, very much so. But not Nirguna Brahman. So then how will Nirguna Brahman uh, reveal, uh, how will Tat and Tuam reveal Nirguna Brahman? Because Tat and Tuam are still language by the process which we will see, by uh, implied meaning, not directly, only indirectly. I told you earlier that the Vedas use a variety of strategies to reveal something which cannot be revealed by language. What are the strategies? For example, neti neti, not this, not this. If you cannot directly say what it, it is, you can, you can say what it is not. If Nirguna Brahman cannot be expressed by language, at least you can express what Nirguna Brahman is not. Negatively, you can say. Or one can use Adhyaropa Apavada, uh, superimposition, disimposition, with the whole hope that we intuitively will understand what is being pointed towards. Or we can use paradoxical language, greater than the greatest, smaller than the smallest, further than the farthest, nearer than the move, uh, nearest. It moves, but it moves not. And with the hope that we will understand what the paradox points towards. Or one more strategy is um, Lakshana. This uh, implied meaning, which will be used here, implied meaning. Now, um, let us take up text number 151. We will go through each of these slowly, each of which the three steps Samanadikaranyam, Visheshana Visheshya Bhava, and Lakshya Lakshana Bhava. Okay. Samanarikaranya Sambandha Tavad Yatha Soyam Devadatta Ityasmin Vakye Tatkala Vishishta Devadatta Vachaka Sashabda Sashabdasya Etatkala Vishishta Devadatta Vachaka Ayam Shabdasya Cha Ekasmin Pinde Tatpariya Sambandha Tathacha Tatva Masiti Vakyapi Parakshat Parokshatva Vishishta Chaitanya Vachaka Tatpadasya Aparokshatwadi Vishishta Chaitanya Vachaka Twampadasya Chaikasmin Chaitanya Tatpadya Sambandhaha. First step Samana Adikaranyam. It is the relationship between two words. Note relationship. When you say relationship, relationship is always between two things. Which are the two things? In the first First case in Samanadikaranyam is to between the two words uh, in the sentence. Two words having the same locus. For instance, in the sentence, this is that Devadatta. The word that signifying Devadatta associated with the past and the word this signifying Devadatta associated with the present both refer to one and the same person called Devadatta. Similarly, in the sentence, thou art that, the word that signifying consciousness characterized by remoteness, etc. And the word thou, signifying consciousness, characterized by immediacy, etc. Both refer to one and the same consciousness, namely Brahman. What was said here? 
Samanadhikaranya Sambandha Tavad. So to explain further, the first relationship, Samanadhikaranyam, first relationship is what? Example. Yatha. Yatha means example. Let, let's take an example first. Then what will we do? We will apply it to what we want to understand. That is that thou art. Before we start with that thou art, let's start with an example. The problem is example is also in Sanskrit and all the technical terms are also in Sanskrit. So first you have to understand the Sanskrit and then you have to understand the example. Then you have to apply it to that thou art. So it makes it all the more complicated. Because actually it's pretty simple Sanskrit. Yatha, yatha means just like. Soyam devadatta itti asmin vakye. In the, sen in the example, in the sentence, this is that devadatta. What does it mean? Tatkala vishishta devadatta vachaka sashabda, sashabdasya. Uh, when you say, so in this uh, sentence, so, sa, I am Devadatta. What, what are the words in this sentence? The words are sa. Sa means he. Uh, I am. Uh, that or this. Sa means that or he in the sense of that Devadatta. I am this Devadatta. So that and this. Both of them refer to the same person, Devadatta. That's what we want to prove in the first instance. First step is that Devadatta and this Devadatta, that and this mean the same thing. Which thing? Devadatta. Just like, um, so yeah, let's just take this example. So, so the, take the word, um, so I am Devadatta. Sashabda. Sashabda means that. Literally he, but here that Devadatta. What does it mean? Tatkala Vishishta Devadatta Vachaka. So that Devadatta means, um, what are the characteristics? That at that time, 30 years ago, that Devadatta in Mumbai, that Devadatta who was young, that Devadatta who was skinny. So it all means all of that. It's that. that it stands for that. And the other word, um, etat kala vishishta devadatta vachaka ayam shabdasya. The other word, ayam, this. So this devadatta refers to what? The one who I see in Manhattan, the one who is at present, the one who is young, uh, is old. Uh, so the one who is um, fat. So all of this, the present Devadatta, the Devadatta here in Manhattan, the Devadatta who is older, the Devadatta who is plump. Both of these words, that and this, they refer to one and one person. Ekasmin pinde tatparya sambandha. In one and one person only, the same Devadatta is meant. So the words are related to each other by samanadhikaranyam because they all refer to the same thing, the same Devadatta. Tathacha, exactly like that sentence. Let's look at um, Tattvamasi, that thou art. Tathacha, Tattvamasi iti vakyapi. Now let's come to our sentence. What, is, what are we interested in? We are not interested in Devadatta. We are interested in that thou art. So that thou art. In this that thou art, there are these words, that and thou. So what does that refer to? And what does thou refer to? Tat and Tvam. So it says, first of all, that parokshatvadi vishishta chaitanya vachaka tatpada tatpadasya that refers to 
consciousness but what kind of consciousness consciousness associated with maya uh, the consciousness which is the consciousness of god um, what are the qualities associated with with uh, god first of all he says parokshatva uh, etc it's a very abstract way of referring uh, parokshatva means remoteness etc uh, what does that mean one of the characteristics of god is remoteness in the sense that we do not directly experience god at least at present how do we even know about all of this because the scriptures tell us that there is a god uh, holy people tell us um, realized people tell us that there is a god uh, but we do not have any direct experience neither with our sense organs nor with any kind of intuitive experience we don't experience god god for us is remote that god adi etc what are the other qualities of um, god associated with the word that um all knowing omnipotent omniscient uh, all pervading sarvagya sarvashaktiman sarvavyapi all of these are the qualities of god so the word that tat means god with what quality uh, uh, more precisely the word that means consciousness with what qualities consciousness with the qualities of remoteness that no we are not directly experiencing it that uh, with the qualities of omniscience omnipotence omnipresence where did you get all of this where where, where is all this coming from we studied it remember we, what did we read there is only one reality existence consciousness bliss then comes along comes maya which is an appearance and that existence consciousness bliss associated with maya maya upahita chaitanya that's what we are talking about and that is called ishwara bhagavan saguna brahman antaryami we read all this earlier so that is the meaning of the word tat so the word tat refers to consciousness with these qualities which makes it god then the word tvam thou you what does it refer to look aparokshatvaadi vishishta chaitanya vachaka tvam padasya tvam pada means the word you the word thou tvam pada so tvam pada is what what does it refer to chaitanya consciousness but what consciousness the consciousness which is characterized by certain qualities what are they aparokshatva immediacy directness you you the consciousness or let's call it your consciousness right now your consciousness is it a remote consciousness or do you feel it directly do you, do you do all of us do we not feel aware do we not feel um, you know alive aware conscious so this awareness which you feel this is the meaning of tvam you and what else is it what what are the other qualities uh, aparakshatva adi adi means etc etc means alpagya it has qualities of less knowledge it has quality of um uh, alpashaktiman less power we have so little strength so little power um, um then so our pervasiveness our power our capacity uh, all of these are very limited our knowledge that is the meaning of the word tvam thou so let's put it together that thou art that means consciousness with the qualities of god thou means consciousness with your qualities how will i describe i the conscious who am i if i describe right now 
I am aware, I'm conscious, uh, and uh, I'm conscious that I have this mind with these certain likes and dislikes, with a certain memory, with a certain story of my life. This, these are all associated with me, the consciousness. And I'm, um, uh, I have a body, I am a man, and I am uh, Sarva Priyananda. All of this, I'm sitting in uh, Manhattan now, all of these qualities, these are all, they follow from this consciousness associated with the limiting factors of the individual being. Each of us has, has a feeling like that. Uh, and I have limited knowledge, limited power and all of this, uh, limited uh, lifespan. So all the qualities of mind and body are now associated with consciousness. And what about that? That is the consciousness which is remote for me. From my perspective, I don't experience it. That is remote. And that consciousness is associated with, um, with uh, you know, um, all-knowing, all-powerful, um, the creator of this universe, uh, benevolent, um, all-pervasive, Ishwara. So, but both of them refer to the consciousness itself. So, therefore, it is samana vikaranyam, tattvamasi, that thou art. That both talking about consciousness. One associated with those factors of God, one associated with your factors or your qualities. But it's the same consciousness we are talking about. So this is the meaning of text number 151. What is the meaning of all this process we are applying? We want to establish samanadikaranyam. Same locus. Why? Otherwise we cannot proceed. We are aiming towards non-duality. All the words in the sentence must apply to the same, must point to the same one non-dual reality. So we are establishing that all the words refer to the same reality. What reality? It is true. It is individual being and it's God, but both are consciousness. Where do you get all these ideas from? From whatever we have read till now. That thou art. Tat, we have already got. Agyana upaita chaitanyam. Tvam, we have already got from our earlier, you know, Adhyaropapavada, which we are studying, is the jiva, is... Uh, um, uh, all these things we have got from our earlier studies. All right. Before we proceed, next step is Visheshana Visheshya Bhava to understand the, the next relationship which we will apply. Before that, let me see if there is any question. Rick is asking, how does the sense of self, I think the word is ahankara, fit in with the five koshas model? Sense of self, which we normally have, which here he has indicated as ahankara, is um, translated as ego. Literally, if you translate it, it will become ego maker, ahankara. It is the sense of um, uh, appropriating things. We, we read all these definitions earlier. What is ego? It is one of the functions of our inner instrument. Again, what do you mean by inner instrument? Antakkarana, which we studied uh, earlier. Inner instrument consists of four factors. Mana, buddhi, jitta, hankara. Mana means the mind. Buddhi means the intellect. Jitta means the memory. And uh, ahankara means the ego. These are the four functions of our inner, inner instrument. The function of the ego, or the ahankara, is to appropriate all the activities to itself. So when the, you're remembering things, it's not the ego which is doing it, it's the memory. But the ego says, I remember. 
when you are when there is some understanding the buddhi understands something some understanding flashes we uh, say i get it what is this i it is the appropriating the unifying function and it's necessary to give you a sense of that one individual being it gets a sense of self separate from everything else so that's the function of the ego where does it fit in with the five koshas model it it's in the uh, the vigyana maya kosha some put it in the ananda in the manomaya kosha some put it in the vigyana maya kosha but basically it's in the antakarana which is divided between the vigyana maya kosha and the manomaya kosha below that is the prana maya kosha above that is the ananda maya kosha so when you're talking about ego it is in this uh, vigyana maya manomaya kosha level then vishwanathan is asking in the direct meanings of both tat and tvam consciousness is counted twice once associated with ignorance and once not associated could you please help us understand why it is considered twice it's not considered twice both kind times it's associated with ignorance in one time when you say tat it is consciousness associated with maya samashti agyana with maya and in tvam it is consciousness associated with vyashti agyana with what we call ignorance which is the same consciousness it is the same consciousness appearing in these two ways imagine when you are dreaming so you the dreamer's mind is like the uh, ishwara of your dream is is the projector of your dream the same consciousness together with the whole dreaming mind projects the dream world but a fraction of the dreaming mind becomes a, a individual in that world and the same consciousness identifies with that individual in the dream world and does things in the dream world so you, in your dream world you are both tat and tvam ishwara and the jiva ishwara in the sense of the creator of the dream world and jiva in the sense of the one individual actor in the dream world but it, you're not counting the consciousness twice <laughs> the same consciousness acting in this way prabir basu is asking in verse in text 151 why does that not refer to nirguna brahman exactly what rick had asked so that's the same answer to put it very briefly the word that tat and the word tvam they refer so two mean two meanings you have to take one is direct meaning one is implied meaning implied meaning is what we will get at the end of the entire process the direct meaning is the meaning which we have right now in sanskrit vachyartha lakshyartha vachyartha means the direct meaning direct by what do you mean by direct meaning just the common meaning which we would take in in a dictionary for example you would find what is the meaning of the word so the direct meaning of that which we get is ishwara or god and the direct meaning of tvam is jiva and the same that and thou will refer to indirectly the implied meaning will be nirguna brahman so to begin with saguna brahman and jiva ending up with one nirguna brahman that is the whole process yeah okay now we go to second stage three stages three relationships one is samanadikaranyam the second one is visheshana visheshya bhava visheshana visheshya bhava sambandha the first one was the relationship between two things which are the two things the two words in the sentence that and thou tat and tvam they have samanadikaranyam the second relationship 
will be between the meanings of those two words, the objects, the reference of those two words. What is the relationship between Saguna Brahman and Jiva? So what is their relationship? What is the relationship between that Devadatta and this Devadatta? So that we will see now. Second step. And you must also like feel why is this step coming very naturally? Once you have established blue, blue lotus, this is a blue lotus, you have established blue and lotus mean the same thing. The next question naturally will arise is what is the relationship between the blue and the lotus? So that's why this uh, second step comes up. Visheshana visheshya bhava sambandhastu yatha tatraiva vakke sashabdartha tatkala vishishta devadattasya ayam shabdartha tatkala vishishta devadattasya chanyanya bebheda vyavatta kataya visheshana visheshya bhavaha tatha atrapi vakke tatpadartha parokshatvadi vishishta chaitanyasya Translation. The second relation, that of Visheshana Visheshya Bhava is this. In the same sentence, this is that, this is that Devadatta. The meaning of the word that is Devadatta existing in the past. And the meaning of the word this is Devadatta existing in the present. These are contrary, they are contrary ideas but still they qualify each other so as to signify a common object. Similarly, in the sentence, thou art that, the meaning of the word that is consciousness characterized by remoteness and the meaning of the word thou is um, consciousness um, characterized by immediacy, etc. They are contrary ideas, but still they qualify each other so as to signify a common object. Sounds com complicated, but it's pretty simple. First of all, let me show you how this second step, the Visheshana Visheshya Bhava, how this works. Let's take a simple example. Then we will jump into all of this. Simple example is this, blue lotus. Why, why do we keep harping on a blue lotus? It's because you know, there, was a, there was a Tintin comic book. I don't know how many of you are fans of Tintin. We were fans of Tintin when we were kids. There's a Tintin comic book, The Blue Lotus, but it's not referring to that Blue Lotus. Long before Tintin, this was a common example in our Shastras. Um, Nilotpala, Nilotpala, Blue Lotus. That is a common example. So what does that example mean? How does, how does this second stage work? Bheda Bhyavattakataya. So it... Um, this is adjective, it helps in distinguishing the object you want from everything else. I'll repeat that. It helps in distinguishing the object you want from everything else. For example, if you say, get me the blue lotus, how does the word blue function? It helps that person to understand you want the blue lotus. You don't want the red lotus. You don't want the yellow lotus. You don't want the white lotus. The word blue helped in excluding all other non-intended things. I'll repeat that. The word blue, the moment you said, get me a blue flower. Immediately the person who understands, who hears, understands that he wants a 
a blue flower. It, it means that I can leave aside the white flower and the red flower and the yellow flower and the pink flower and all of that. I just need to get a blue flower. How did that person understand by the word blue? All the other flowers were excluded. You notice how it, it helps you in excluding everything else. And when you say lotus or flower, say a blue flower, a blue lotus, um, a blue flower, let us say, the person wants a flower. He does not want a, a blue cloth. He does not want a blue pen. He does not want a blue chalk. He doesn't want a blue berry. <laughs> he wants a blue lotus. So the word lotus excluded everything else, else except a lotus. The word blue excluded everything else except blue. Now they qualify each other and you understand only one and one thing, blue lotus. Blue ex excludes all other colors. Lotus excludes all other objects except the lotus. And the two together, they can only point to one object. That is the blue lotus. So this is how adjectives function. They help in excluding all the non-intended things. When you say, um, uh, say, call the, the, the um, you know, say the driver of this car who's parked outside. Immediately you know not to call anybody who's not a driver, not to call any driver who's the driver of any other car, which is not that particular car. The two terms, driver of this car, immediately exclude every other person except one person who's intended by this. This is how, and we all use it all the time. We use it all the time. For every day we use uh, this kind of adjectival relationship. Now, the same thing happens in Devadattas. This is that Devadatta. So, but this is that Devadatta, um, this mutually ex this ex exclusions, it, the, this and that, they work together to point to only one and one person, that Devadatta, nobody else. Similarly, he says, now apply to Tattvamasi, that thou art. And very interesting thing happens then. When you apply it, what does it mean? That thou art, Tattvamasi. It's a very dramatic uh, meaning. That thou art, that means Brahman, God, Saguna Brahman, Ishwara, thou art, you are that. So by this, it means when you say that God is you, it means you are excluding everybody else except you. When you say Tattvamasi, the word you excludes whom? Just like the word blue excludes all other colors, the word you from the meaning of God, from the meaning of God, if you just say, for example, lotus, it means blue lotus, white lotus, yellow lotus. But the moment you say blue lotus, all other lotuses are excluded. The moment I say God, it means um, Durga, Kali, Shiva, Vishnu, Jehovah, Allah. It means every conception of God that we have got. But the moment I say you, Tattvamasi, what is excluded? Everything is excluded except you. So God, but what, what, what God are we meaning? We mean, we do not mean Shiva or Vishnu uh, or Kali or Durga or Narayana or Jehovah or Allah. We mean you. None but you. You are God. And the opposite also works. When I say you are God, 
then what you am I referring to? I'm not referring to Sarva Priyananda. I'm not referring that you are a man, you are a monk, you are staying in uh, this, this is your personal history. No. The only thing that I'm interested in you is God. You are none other than God and God is none other than you. What a dramatic sentence. When you say, Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman. It means, what, what does it mean? I am not the body, not the mind. Because I said, I am Brahman. Brahman is not a body, not a mind. I am not the body, not the mind. That's what it means when I say, I am Brahman. Chidananda Rupa Shivoham. I am of the nature of consciousness and bliss of Shiva. But the opposite is also true. When I say, I am Brahman, then what is Brahman? Nothing but me. It is not something called Shiva, something called Vishnu, Allah, Jehovah. No, it is me. It is I. Now see how the two function together. By saying you are Brahman, what it points to is that uh, then uh, you cannot be the body, you cannot be the mind, you cannot be this little person. And by saying Brahman is you, it cannot be some other deity. Uh, it must be you, the consciousness. When they work together, they point to one thing. And that will come later on. So they are mutually excluding. This is that. Now, it still does not give us a meaning. See, at this stage, the meaning of blue lotus is very clear. Uh, I hope you are following me. What was the first stage? Blue and lotus refer to the same thing. Samanadhikaranyam. Second stage? Blue is a quality, lotus is the substance. Blue is a color, lotus is a flower. Meaning is clear. Nothing more needs to be done. But here, so I am Devadatta. This is that Devadatta. Tattva Masi. It still doesn't work. If you put the two together, they're totally contradictory. The meaning doesn't work. It's no good saying that you are none other than God and God is none other than you. What does it mean? So why is it contradictory? Think about what you said. Um, Tattvamasi. What is Tat? God, omniscient, omnipotent, uh, all-loving, the, you know, the creator, preserver, destroyer of the universe is none other than you. Are you omniscient, omnipotent, all-loving, creator, preserver, destroyer of the universe? No. No. And you, remember Tvam, what did we say Tvam is? Consciousness associated with individual ignorance, individual mind, individual body. You are God. So is God Sarvapriyananda sitting in a chair in Manhattan? Mm -hmm. This middle-aged person with wearing an orange robe, is that God? No. That doesn't match any description of God at all. So it doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. Just like the example, so I am Devadatta, this is that Devadatta, doesn't fit. Because this is that Devadatta, put them together, that Devadatta and this Devadatta, put them together. 30 years ago Devadatta, present Devadatta, Mumbai Devadatta, Manhattan Devadatta, young Devadatta, uh, old Devadatta, um, skinny Devadatta, um, plump Devadatta. How can the same person be young and old? Young and old Devadatta, skinny fat Devadatta, there and here Devadatta, past and present Devadatta. They're totally contradictory. They cannot go together. 
So, Visheshana Vishesha Bhava does not give us our final meaning because it's contradictory. So, to find out the final meaning of a sentence like, this is that Devadatta, or our sentence, that thou art, we need one more step. We need one more step. That will be the implied meaning. We know what's going to happen. We are going to give up, just like this is that Devadatta, we give up the non-essential qualities. It doesn't matter, it is past and present, doesn't matter he's young and old, it doesn't matter he's skinny or plump, we know it's the same person. Similarly, what will happen in the case of that thou art? It doesn't matter, it's all knowing and less knowing, doesn't matter it is as a single human body or it's a cosmic body. We know all of that, we can drop it. Why can we drop it? We can drop it because they're all products of Maya. There's only one underlying reality. Which, which, what is that? Vastu Satchidanandam Advayam Brahma. Consciousness is existence, consciousness, bliss alone. That alone exists. Both mean the same thing. Drop the qualities of Ishwara because they are projected by Maya, superimposed upon consciousness. Drop the qualities of, of the Jiva because they are projected by Ajnana, by the individual ignorance and superimposed upon consciousness. You get consciousness and consciousness alone. Satchidananda Brahma. That will, that will come up later. Next. That's the third step. Implied meaning. Implied meaning. We will do that next time. That is a long process which will start. The implied meaning is not an easy one. <laughs> uh, even Samanadhikaranyam. I mentioned at some other point that uh, having a common locus, Samanadhikaranyam. In Professor Ganapati's book I was reading 20 varieties of Samanadhikaranyam, 16 varieties of Samanadhikaranyam are there. Only one of them will fit with Advaita. And you have to argue why Tattvamasi fits that one variety of Samanadhikaranyam, not the other 15 varieties, um, so on. All right. Uh, we, we will see the complications next time. But let me just tell you in brief the sheer elegance and beauty of what's going on. You know what's going on here? is that um, that God, this limited being. Notice that God um, has all power, excellence. There's no problem. There's infinite knowing, being, eternal. God has no problem. On the other hand, I have many problems. I have birth and death, I have disease, old age, limited knowledge, suffering, so many problems, endless problems. But that has one disadvantage. God has one disadvantage. What is the disadvantage? God's existence is doubtful. God's existence is not directly experienced. It's a matter of belief, reading about it. It's at least at present, it's not directly experienced. So God's existence is uh, doubtful. It is uh, remote. It is not directly experienced. On the other hand, I have one advantage. My own experience, for me at least, is indirectly experienced, immediately experienced. It is continuously obvious to me, I exist. Whether anything else exists or not, even this class, this laptop, you all present, you might not be there. I might be dreaming that I'm taking a class. I might have fallen asleep. And you might be sitting and wondering, why is Swami not coming for the class? Might be so. I, how do I know? Um, so... All of this, it depends on me, the consciousness. But I am aware I exist 
This is, there is no doubt. This is where Descartes stopped his inquiry. The Descartian doubt, uh, cogito. So I exist, I have no doubt. God exists doubtful. But God's doubtful existence is a spectacular existence, infinite, no problems. My limited existence, undoubted, but has a lot of limitations, a lot of problems. What this Tattva Masi is doing uh, is bringing the two together and revealing to us an indubitable, certain, infinite existence. It is taking your certain existence and proving it to be infinite. I'll repeat again. Your existence for you is direct, indubitable, because it is aparoksha, directly revealed to you that you are. My own consciousness is. By the method of this, what will happen in the next step, um, this implied meaning, you know, the Lakshya Lakshana Bhava. All the contradictions between me and God will be dismissed with and my infinitude will be revealed. It brings God's infinitude and my certainty together and makes a certain infinitude. If you understand Advaita Vedanta properly, it's stunning. You need nothing more beyond this. Maybe at the most you need to stay with this to solve all your problems. It will reveal to you, by putting God and the individual together, they will mutually remove all the uh, clashing uh, qualities, leaving you with the absolute consciousness only, which is always free of, of uh, problems. You will realize, aham brahmasmi. That's what's going on underneath. First of all, they'll bring it together, samanadi karanyam. It's a fancy name for saying that God and you refer to the same thing, the same object. Same reality. Then second, Visheshana Visheshya Bhava. They ex mutually exclude everything else. So it is stunning. Even the Visheshana Visheshya Bhava, though it does not give you the final meaning, it still takes you to a stunning level. It tells you, you are nothing but God and God is nothing but you. <laughs> you are not a part of God because you, God is nothing but you. Not one bit more than what you are. And you are nothing but God. When you just put these two together, it's a stunning statement. The Swami Premeshanandji I referred to yesterday, there's a story, um, very interesting incident. Um, a very senior monk, uh, he's still alive in, in Banaras, so I will not take his name. Um, he told us this story. When he was a young student, he used to visit Swami Premeshanandji. And one day, Swami Premeshanandji said to him, he bowed down to Swami Premeshanandji, Premeshanandji said to him, look here, this and he touched his finger to his forehead like this. Cold, sudden cold touch of the finger. And this young man, he jerked back in surprise. And then Swami Premeshanji said, There, there, that one, that one, we just now jerked back in surprise. Other than that, there is no rascal called God. In Bengali, he said, Oi chara kono shala bhagavan ne. Now, what does he mean? He doesn't mean that young man who just jerked back in surprise. It does not mean the body does not mean the surprised mind. He means the awareness quite apart from body and mind. Other than the body and mind, the awareness itself, that awareness in itself is, not, is the same awareness with which, with the quality of my, with the power of Maya, you call that same awareness God. With, the, with the, this individual body and mind, you call that this young man. Both are the same thing. It's one consciousness alone. Another way of putting it. Same rope, people not recognizing the rope as a rope, 
some say it is a snake some saw it as a garland discarded from the temple some saw it as a crack caused by the last earthquake on the earth this is the classic example bhuchidra pushpamala sarpa snake garland crack on the earth suppose you take snake and garland now somebody comes and tells you the snake is the garland it's like saying tattvamasi the snake is the garland it's actually not a snake it's actually not a garland both are the rope now you might say why don't you just say it's a rope in the case of a rope you can say it's a rope but suppose the rope is something you cannot express by language not only that the deeper meaning the deeper problem is this if you say it's a rope the person who is seeing a snake won't understand anything because he's seeing a snake the person who is seeing a garland will not understand anything because he's seeing a garland you have to say the garland is the snake so you have to understand the way i'm using this sentence it means uh, whatever is the garland is the is the snake and yet the garland and snake cannot be the same thing how can a garland be a snake the only possibility is it's not a garland it's not a snake it's quite something else altogether that you realize is the rope now this is just an example it's not a perfect example but here the rope is an object but here in this case we're talking about you by using saguna brahman we are actually leveraging out pulling out your limitations and showing you infinity and then letting go of saguna brahman also it's not about god it's also not about really the individual human being which we are so worried about it's what lies behind both of them that's why we are saying god is the the human individual human being ishwar and jiva are the same ishwar and jiva are not the same but the, what is the fact is what you are talking about you the consciousness you are neither ishwar nor a jiva you are something beyond both you are that which appears as both okay we will see the second step next time no third third step lakshya lakshana bhava that's a long uh, difficult process um let's look at the remaining questions shravani says pranam maharaj blue lotus points to one object is that specific enough what if there are 10 15 blue yeah there are 10 15 blue lotuses you'll be in trouble so you will get a blue lotus but even then it works because if somebody has asked for a blue lotus you get a blue lotus that's good enough it worked in this case luckily there are not 10 15 consciousnesses to point to there's only one consciousness which is you you might ask at this point why there are so many people in the here there are 79 i can count aren't there 79 consciousnesses no look at your experience there's only one consciousness which you experience it is you consciousness is always singular professor arindam chakravarti the philosopher he pointed out something i forget who said this oh it was communicated to him by one of the leading philosophers to 20th century in oxford university um, but anyway he does, doesn't want the name to be revealed that professor said that you know this is mystery ultimately the i 
the feeling of I. They're not talking about consciousness. They don't, they don't talk about it in the way we understand. But the feeling of I, I, it's always singular. When you say I, you mean only one thing. And for you, there's no other. If you say book, if you say car, it can refer to millions of things. But when you say I, it refers to only one thing. And God is singular. That is the great insight of monotheism, that there's only one God. God is also, when you mean God, you, you can call it whatever name you want, but it actually means one reality. There's only one reality called God. And he said, the universe is also singular. Now, this remember, this is the metaphysical conception of the universe. Literally, universe means all that is the case. This is a Wittgensteinian approach. Whatever is real is called the universe, all, to, all together, taken all together, not the items of the universe. So if reality, if you take it all together, it must be one because anything other than that will be unreal. So in that sense, the universe is, there's only one universe, the totality of all facts. There's only one God. There's only one I. Is it possible God, universe and I, all singular, can be one thing? And he left it at that. That's exactly what Advaita Vedanta says. Isn't it? There's only one Satchidananda Madhvayam Brahma which appears as Jiva Jagat Ishwara. See, all of modern physics and all of modern philosophy, that professor, who shall remain nameless, uh, came to this conclusion at all of his thinking till the final thinking of his, of his life is that it's how mysterious. When I say I, when I say God, when I say universe, they're all singular. They must be one thing. It, and all these three, which seem so different from, I am not God, God is not the universe, the universe is not I, and yet if they're singular, is it possible that ultimately somehow they are all one reality? Yes, they are. That is what Advaita Vedanta wants to say. It is one existence consciousness, please. Which in your subject-object experience you call I, this universe and that God. <laughs> then... Um, Abhijit is saying the Devadatta pointer is like the way of Neti Neti, where the Devadatta of Mumbai, Devadatta of Manhattan, but it's regarding Neti, the unnecessary stuff. Correct. That will, that's what will happen in the third step. We will disregard the unnecessary. Instead of saying unnecessary, why will you disregard? What gives you per the permission, the legitimacy to disregard um, these huge differences? Is because they are all appearances created by Maya. How can you disregard the differences between a snake and a garland? It's because it's not a snake. It's not a garland. That's, that's why you can disregard. Similarly, it's not a world. It's not an individual human being. It's not even God. That's why we can disregard and find out the underlying reality. And because the underlying reality is you, that realization will be a direct realization. If it was something else, then it would be a theory. But it's about that consciousness which you are feeling right now. This whole process will be, you will see why it is superimposition or desuperimposition. It will remove the superimpositions and reveal to you the glory of what you are. Uh, Vishwanathan is asking, Swamiji, step two seems to have opened up a contradiction, as you mentioned, problematic to directly equate Ishwara with Jiva. 
which we are seeking to fix using step three, as we will drop the qualifiers. Why doesn't the text jump from step one to step three directly? We have already established that both words refer to the same lotus as locus. Correct. And in fact, one of the movements he will make uh, is that it doesn't apply. This thing is not working. It has not given us the meaning. And therefore we go on. But why did you go through this method at all? Because uh, remember, we are doing a linguistic, a grammatical exercise, a linguistic exercise, a semantic exercise to find out the meaning of a sentence. We're trying to do that. This is normally how we go. Every time you say blue lotus or things like that, a white chalk, we try to find out how, if white and chalk are referring to the same thing, first step, then what is the relationship between white and chalk? Is, is usually a quality and then a um, quality holder, guna and drabya. And that's how it always works. So we try it out because that's how we would expect to get the meaning. And remember, the Vishishtadvaitin would want us to try, try it out because Vishishtadvaitin wants the jiva to be, sentient being to be a vishesha of Brahman. Chit achit vishishta Brahma. Brahman, the ultimate reality, qualified by uh, sentient beings and insentient uh, entities. It's an organic unity in Vishishta Advaita. That's not what Advaita Vedanta wants to say. Alpana is asking, in the case of Devadatta, we can easily drop the contradictory attributes and identify Devadatta. Why can't we do that for Brahman in spite of strong conviction and intellectual understanding? Because strong conviction and intellectual understanding are not there. You can drop it. It's not all that difficult at all. We can, as many times as you want, we can take it step by step until we begin to see it's as easy as that, dropping the contradictory qualities of Devadatta. It's as easy as that. The apparent contradictions between Jiva and Ishwara will continue to appear to us, but we'll see the underlying oneness. Um, the next question is, Swamiji, is the Lakshya Lakshana Bhava the same as Tatastha Lakshana or are they different? Lakshya Lakshana Bhava and Tatastha Lakshana are the same thing actually. Um, there it means different thing. Tatastha Lakshana means the, um, the definition of Brahman in its real nature, Swarupa Lakshana. And, um, oh sorry, just the opposite. Swarupa Lakshana means the nature, the definition of Brahman as it is. And Tatastha Lakshana means uh, an incidental definition of Brahman. So that I'm not going into now, but uh, the process will be the same. From going from the incidental definition of Brahman, if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't bother. If you, uh, we don't have time to discuss that. It is actually a simple problem. How do you define God? How do you define Brahman, the ultimate reality? So one definition of Brahman is that from which the universe has come, in which the universe exists, and into which the universe disappears. The definition of Ishwara, of creator God. God is the creator of the universe. So is that the definition of Brahman? No, it is an incidental, secondary, um, accidental definition of Brahman. It's, it's not the real definition of Brahman. This is called Tatastha Lakshana, an incidental definition of Brahman. Swarupa Lakshana, the real definition of, of Brahman, the definition according to the real nature of Brahman. What is that definition? It is Satyam Yanam Anantam Brahma. Brahman is infinite existence consciousness. Satchidananda Brahma, Advayam Brahma. These are all Swarupa Lakshana. 
the direct definition. And the relationship between the two is a lot like what we are doing here. Uh, it, it comes by that implied meaning. That's it. That's the relationship. But, but don't go by the word lakshana. Layer lakshana means definition. Here lakshya lakshana bhava means implied meaning, pointer. Uh, here lakshana means the pointer and lakshya means the pointed in, in our case. Implier and the implied. What is the implier? The sentence. Tattva masi is, a, is what is implying something. And what is implied? Nirguna Brahman. Nirguna Brahman is implied. Otherwise, it becomes a contradiction. How can Ishwara and Jiva be the same thing? So right now, we are at a contradiction. In the second step, we have landed in a contradiction. Ishwara and, and Jiva are qualifying each other. Like blue and lotus, they're qualifying. Blue and lotus fit nicely. Color and flower fit nicely, no problem. But Jiva and Ishwara do not fit nicely. They cannot be the same thing. They are, the qualities are so different from each other. How do you resolve this? We will see in the next. Um, Kalpana is saying, Pranam Swamiji, it's breakthrough or realization, necessity to see oneness indicated in the, in the implied Lakshyartha meaning. Yes. It is by contemplating the Lakshyartha, the implied meaning, and contemplating means all of this, you know, it sounds so abstract. An intellectual exercise, a grammatical exercise, a semantic exercise. It's not actually. We must, I'll show you how next time, but we must immediately relate it back to our experience now. And it's all the time talking about exactly how we are experiencing the world. Nothing different. It's just the language is uh, Sanskrit. The terms are metaphysical. It looks very fancy but it's actually talking about our experience right now. And we should relate it back to our experience to make it a living exercise. Where is Maya in all this? All this is because of Maya. Uh, where is Maya in all this? Let me point it out. When you say where, uh, all, this, these are all Maya. Where is Maya in all of this? Um, this, this idea of where, space, this object, all, totality, these are all Maya. Then where is Brahman? Is. So if you analyze your sentence, you will find Brahman and Maya there itself. Rekhaji is saying, infinitude of God and certitude of my existence. So excellent. If you like that idea, Rekhaji is saying, infinitude of God and certitude of my own existence. So sublime. Perfect. Sit in the fact, indubitable fact, that I am. There's no doubt about it. And then ask yourself, where is this am, I am limited? Normally, without knowing Vedanta, we'll think it's limited in body. Because I think I am body. It's limited in mind. If you say I am, or simply I, and then don't add anything anymore. And if you reflect on it, you will see that that sense of I, what it refers to is unlimited. Everything else, else appears in that consciousness which you are calling I. True or not? Vedanta, world, body, mind, God, all of these are appearing in consciousness only. What else? That consciousness, what, what limits it? True. Shiva Priya is saying Jiva and Ishwara are different. Yes, very different. And the aim of Jiva is to get the gunas of God and become God-like. One with it. Yes, that is the dualistic approach. That is exactly what you must not do in Advaita Vedanta. 
when you say i want to become god like that is the vaishnava dualistic approach i contemplate on the glories of ishvara and transcend my human imperfections and uh, i hope after death to remain in vaikuntha in the presence of ishvara but swami ji yes but yes how can you how can you become realize and become one with god without that doing that part also mm becoming because. because because when we are reducing karma like we are like neti neti when you say like avash ever no aversion no like i as is no uh, aversion no desire no nothing so i am becoming god god like means it's like ever blissful ever uh, like, okay let me stop you because we are so, studying uh, we are stu- studying advaita vedanta here we have a framework but but how can wait, you wait, reach wait 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 how can you reach advaita advaita wait uh, this, is, this is a general question but you must first settle down into the framework which we are studying how can we become god like if you say what is god in this framework what is tat what are the qualities of god see the, otherwise what happens is you ask a question it means something quite different in this framework you say we are trying to become god like jiva is trying to become god like can you actually become god like what is the quality of god in this in this framework there is a clear definition one must not go by one's own conceptions it has no value that's why we are learning vedanta we are trying to understand the system and trying to uh, clarify our concepts so what is god maya upaita chaitanya what are the god like qualities sarvagya sarveshwaratva uh, sarvavyapitva um, the srishti sthiti pralaya of the universe can you do that even jiva at any point can jiva do that no at the most in dualistic religion theistic you know sindic vaishnava religion uh, um, one can contemplate on the glories of god and can be can become a much more refined purer jiva not bound by worldliness and filled with devotion to god filled with a feeling of closeness to god after death not take any more births by the grace of god be liberated and remain in the presence of god that's the closest one can get to being god or being close to god in any religious idea even dualistic religion will never say you can become one with god you can become one with god in only a particular sense the jiva feels one with god uh, this is called sarupya mukti salokya mukti there are the different kinds of four five kinds of mukti are there so that's dualistic religion here we are saying that you will not become god like no no not at all uh, you we have to lose your jiva characteristics and realize that the reality which appears as god reality which appears as you the jiva that is one reality and that reality which you are that is what you are you are satchidananda not ishvara you don't try to become god you cannot become god that is in fact the great um, charge which dualists uh, you know they charge advaitins with you are trying to become god you cannot become god but fine i understand what you are asking you are asking that the cultivation of these divine qualities purity of mind love for all uh, unselfishness self control these divine qualities daivi sampad which is there in the gita 
are those qualities necessary for Advaita or not? Certainly they are. That's what you're asking. Certainly they are. They are all included in the beginning of Advaita itself. The, the sadhana chatushtaya, the fourfold qualification which is necessary for uh, entering into Advaita. So those qualities which religion seeks to inculcate in us are most necessary for any Vedantic inquirer. I think that's what you are trying to ask. Yes. Good. All right. <laughs> Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ram Krishna Arpanamastu